That fresh produce stand there. That's a beauty. What do you listen to? My favorite murder podcast. Taggart and Torrance podcast. The produce stand. Ah, fucking sexy. It's Taco Tuesday, and that means we are once again hanging at the produce stand. Podcast paying tribute to everything in the universe. Now, I know what you're thinking. There are many other Letterkenny podcasts out there, but this, but wearing clothes is not this one's forte. I'm Al, your host, and joining me in the room, as always, is lovely Tanya. And online, we have Squirrely Matt and the very present Victor. And joining us this week, she's a Canadian actor known for films like El Camino Christmas, Antisocial 1 and 2, the TV series Bad Blood and 4 in the Morning, and the interactive sci-fi thriller The Complex. She played the great Mary Bonnie Baker in the latest Canadian Heritage Minute. But we all know and love her as Wayne's sister, Katie, on Letterkenny. Please join me making some noise for Michelle, my let. Where's my sound bite? Hold on. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wait, 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 wait. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I regret nothing. I'm going to hear it from our listeners on that one. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. That soundbite is really special, you guys. (laughs) That is an assault to the ears, but I like it. And we've learned we have to give everyone sort of a heads up because Mm -hmm. everyone will try to talk over. Like, no, it's really aggressive. You kind of just have to run with it. And you told me that you gave me forewarning and I still talked over it. So there you go. Not your fault. My soundboard froze for a second there, which left me in a state of panic. And uh, so anyway, I'm not going to edit that out. So it's just going to sound like that when we uh, when we post. Um, where are you joining us uh, from? I'm, I'm in Victoria on Vancouver Island. Yeah. And nice. is that where you from you're from originally? I grew up actually in Ladysmith, okay. uh, which is kind of small town um, up island from Victoria. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I grew up in Ladysmith um, and then moved to Toronto, lived in L.A. for a bit, lived in Vancouver for a bit. And I've now found myself back on the island, but not quite in as small of a town. I feel Mm -hmm. like I still needed a bit of a city and Victoria is a happy medium. Right. How big is Ladysmith? Is it like Letterkenny size? It's a little bigger, but it's yeah, it's like when I was there, it was like 15,000 people. Mm -hmm. So small. That's tiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what brought you like when you were in Toronto? How long were you there for? I was in Toronto for six and a half years. Okay. Seven almost. Yeah. Very good. Well, uh, was that when you were acting, like trying to get your acting career going? Yeah. Basically, I um, after high school, I started trying to like act a little bit in Vancouver, um, and then I started got into modeling a little bit. I was in um, Japan for about a year, which was cool uh, modeling there. And then I got signed to an agency in Toronto and my partner and I at the time decided to move to Toronto. And I also knew that I wanted to be an actor modeling, not great at it. Didn't have a future there. And I, and I knew it and I was like, okay, well I'll, I'll have a bit of like casual modeling work there to pay some bills. And then, um, the Canadian industry, is a lot, a lot of it at least is in Toronto. So right. especially for comedy, which mm-hmm. just kind of wanted to focus. Interesting. So comedy was kind of your first choice. It was, I mean, I grew up doing improv mm-hmm. a lot. Really? And yeah. Oh yeah. I was very into it. Our team got second in nationals. So congratulations. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. It's honestly my biggest achievement. Like the one I, I hold dearest to my heart, you know? Really? Okay. First, there's like a great picture of me and my team and we're holding our trophy yeah. and we're all crying. You want to how shut how up long that? ago was that? Yeah. How long ago? Uh, that was when I was in grade, grade 11 or 12. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, moved to Toronto, got into to the acting world. And I actually started off, I wanted to be in comedy, but the first roles that I booked were horror and like kind of more dramatic stuff. Yeah. But, noticed. Um, so d- do you like horror films though? Or are you, do you like that genre? I do. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to work in. It's mm. a pretty crazy experience and it's sort of, <laughs> it's very silly. There's kind of eccentric people that work in that genre right. similarly to comedy. So I kind of gravitate towards that. Um, mm. I'm not like a crazy horror buff, but I do like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I do watch horror movies. I feel like there's a trend there, especially when actors are trying to get, make a name for themselves. A lot of the indie flicks seem to go to horror first. And maybe it's because fake blood's cheap or something like what, (laughs) what 
<laughs> Why do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's a huge market for it. There's yeah. a lot of um, that genre is really fun and you can be really creative and kind of get away with a lot. Yeah. So um, there's lots of like film festivals that are genre specific and mm-hmm. a fan base sort of built in. And and even if you don't have a budget, the audience seems to be quite forgiving too. Right. They're like, we just want a fun concept yeah. and some gore and, you yeah. know, whatever. And, and they'll be happy with that. Yeah. So. We noticed uh, Evan Stern did a, has done a lot of horror too. He loves that, uh, <laughs> that genre. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, when, I mean, when you moved to Toronto, was that before or after you were a cheerleader for the BC Lions? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so we would skip right past that. Well, um, we can skip right past after you answer it, I guess. <laughs> right. Okay. So I was actually still, um, yeah, I was I was still in high school when I oh, <laughs> wow. I lied about my age and I Oh, okay. Was yeah, they don't know that. Um You should probably delete that from either. your Wikipedia then if you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I can't delete it nope. from my Wikipedia. I would love to get into my Wikipedia and make some changes because there's all these weird inaccuracies, but mm. yeah, I have no I have I can't. I've tried. I can't. For our but, uh, um, American listeners, the BC Lions are are the Vancouver's football team, C- uh, CFL team. So, uh, yeah. yeah, a young M- Michelle Milet was uh, a cheerleader for the football team. Yeah. For How did you get that? CFL. You just you just tried out? Yeah, I just thought I was a dancer growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, again, kind of wanting to move to Vancouver and wanting to make sure I had some some things kind of set up when I got there. Right. So that was one of them. Um, yeah, I danced my whole life. And although... The cheerleading, especially at the time, it wasn't as it was dance focused, but yeah. it was more outfit focused. Right. Um, <laughs> it was a it was a we had some interesting costumes for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> in, in the dance world, what were, what were you drawn to most? Like what genre? What type of dance? Um, I wish I had a cooler answer for you, but my kind of I really honed in on Highland dancing. I'm why not, is that not cool? Hold on, that's cool. okay. <laughs> well. Hilt swords. I guess it is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I don't know how I, I'm not like I said, I'm not Scottish. My I don't know why this happened, but um I just I think a friend of mine was into it when she was like five and I kind of tagged along and I yeah, I got really into it. So Highland primarily, and then I I was into ballet and jazz and all of that as well. Nice. I love that answer. I, I, I love that you called that Highland, actually. So don't don't be mad at that in the slightest. <laughs> Highland? What do you mean? Yeah, I just I just love that. That's the the style of dance that you were drawn to. Like, oh yeah, I, yeah. it's not what I would I would have expected, but it's a fantastic style. And uh, yeah, I love that that's your that's what you're drawn to. It's honestly, it is so hard. Like I've as an adult, I've tried to do the dances that I used to do. There's this one dance. It's kind of like a classic called the fling. And, um, trying to do it as an adult is like impossible. Mm. It just makes you realize like I was so fit. You have to be so strong. I have a lot of respect for Highland dancers. It's like, it's no joke. It's really tough on your body. It's super competitive. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) So were you already acting in high school, like doing plays and stuff like that? Or when did you get, get into the acting? Yeah, I was always pretty involved in like drama and dance, as I said, and and our school had a really strong drama department. My drama teacher, Mr. Taylor, shout out. He was amazing. And one of those teachers that just kind of goes above and beyond, um, stays until 9 p.m. every night, improv, like three productions a year. Uh, Just very, very, very special program that I just happened to, to be lucky enough to be a part of. And and that really made all the difference. And I, and I think that kind of sparked my love of it mm-hmm. initially and just performing and especially with improv and working in an ensemble and comedy, it like really laid the foundation. Um, and I, I go back to what I learned there all the time. Well, we'll get into letter in a second, but I'm more, imagine the yes ending that you learned in <laughs> improv really helped out on that set. It definitely helps. Yeah. It helps in so like so many ways yeah. just in life. It helps. Mm-hmm. I really sure. think, Everyone, especially kids doing improv, I think it's so important and mm-hmm. it's such a lovely group of weirdos and everyone is just like so accepting and yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. Very cool. So we, we, when you really quickly, when you were talking about improv and, and comedy was what you were drawn to, were you inspired by anybody in the industry at the time that you were like, that's, that's where I'm looking for? Um, 
I didn't really grow up idolizing. Okay. And like, I think I just, um, I watched a lot of movies and I have an older brother who's, um, was very influential. He showed me a lot of movies that I probably was too young to watch. Mm. And we watched a lot of SNL together. Yes, he did. Farley is like kind of my top forever first like love of comedy. So I watching like all of the Chris Farley specials, the Mike Myers special. Mm. I loved, I used to watch that a lot. Um, John Candy. I I loved. So yeah, those were kind of, I mean, I know I can't, I haven't like mimicked my career, my style against them, but like I, I, yeah, grew up being a huge fan of them. You can blaze yeah. your own trail. Uh, yeah. In uh, 2013, you, you're in a film called Antisocial. Was that your first uh, acting role? Yeah, I had done um, a couple of commercials and music videos before mm-hmm. that, but that was my first real role and certainly my first leading role. And yeah, antisocial. <laughs> and when 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 you completed it, did you think there would be an antisocial too? Right, like it was never my wildest dreams. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, again, it's like this um, horror movie that's quite low budget, and mm. we shot it in this house in Toronto. Um, the guys behind it, Black Fawn Films, they're they're from Guelph, Ontario. Really talented, lovely, super creative guys. Um, and they, yeah, they gave me my first three roles. So antisocial and, and then I did the drowns men, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is a crazy watch. And then we did antisocial too. So, so yeah, that was, that's kind of how it started. Now fast forward a little bit in 2017, you were in a pretty big Canadian show anyway, called bad blood, uh, starring, um, uh, oh, his name's escaping me now. Um, the guy from, uh, yeah, Kim, <laughs> Kim, Kim Coates. Coates, Kim Coates. I got it. I yeah. can't believe I blanked Blank perspective, yeah. Anyway, uh, you were only in a couple episodes of that, but it was a pretty big series up here. And a, a notable uh, member of that cast was Melanie uh, Scrofano. Is that um, like, did you know her by then or, or did you even meet her on that set? I didn't even meet her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was only, I think I shot like four days, okay. four or five days. So yeah. it was, it was pretty brief. Um, it was a, great experience. Like the, the actors that I were working with, they were very serious, mm-hmm. very good. Um, Kim Coates is a, is a really kind of eccentric guy. He's yeah. very involved. Um, he's like a real actor's actor and mm-hmm. it was cool. I have a lot of like, um, very vivid memories from working with him. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. We have like a pretty intense scene that got pretty like physical where I'm being drunk and I'm crying and he was just so immersive and, and wanted to like go there and, and was supportive with how many takes I wanted or like, yeah, yeah he was, he was cool to work with. Yeah, what a cool experience. He's a big deal coming from sons of anarchy, right? That, that was shot yeah. in Montreal, right? Yeah. Montreal. <clears throat> That's a, it, um, and by then you were already what two seasons into letter Kenny, I guess. So you, you, yeah. you probably knew Jared already. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, let's talk about in 2020, you did this interesting concept called the complex and it was a, like a choose your own adventure video game, uh, really intense. It looked really cool. What was that like? Oh, that was so crazy. So we shot that in the UK, Mm -hmm. um, London for a part of it. And then, um, this town called sandwich where the Earl of Sandwich mm. came up with sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> yeah. True. Is that a true story? It sounds good. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that actually came as an, um, an offer. I had done a pilot back in early 20 or yeah, 2017 as well called the machine mm-hmm. for sci-fi. It was a really interesting kind of AI show that um, it never went to series but the people behind that did the complex or produced the complex and they thought of me for this role. And it was definitely unlike anything I had ever read. First of all, this, the script was like 396. I was going to ask you about that. How many branches did that script have? It must've had a ton. It, yeah. <laughs> it was, so I, I was playing the lead and yeah. um, it's a choose your own adventure. So at like each pivotal, pivotal rather scene, um, there was like two different choices. So for example, it's like her and her um, business associate, Mm -hmm. she either decides that the business associate is an enemy or they fall in love. And then you go and then it 
it depends on like what you want out of the story. I think we had four or five different endings um, that we shot. And as the kind of protagonist in the story, I was in every single variation. Right. Wow. That must've been crazy. (laughs) It was. (laughs) And it's like, and our director, um, he's really, really brilliant, very smart man. And he like created a map to kind of help us track. Right. Because, and we also didn't have a lot of, of of a budget really. Like Mm. we shot in six weeks in London in this, um, abandoned, like, uh, medical facility that was so eerie and (laughs) in the middle of nowhere. And it almost felt like in world war Z Mm -hmm. when they go into, and it's like people have just kind of left their papers and their pen sitting there. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, and there was animal testing in the bottom floors and just these empty cages. And it was just, the vibe was crazy. Mm -hmm. And, and because we had so much to shoot, it'd be like, okay, you hate this person do it this way. And then it was like, Oh, you're in love with them. And we have to shoot so quickly. And it was like just mental gymnastics right. going back and forth. It was, it was wild. But you were like, like, I'm on letter Kenny. This is nothing like uh, 26, <laughs> 26 pages in a day. No problem. I got this. It did help. It did help. Um, yeah, it was good training on just kind of quick yeah. movement, mm-hmm. being able to to memorize really quickly. Letter Kenny definitely helps with that. Was it all in sequence or did you have to jump from uh, one, one kind of uh, um, stage of it and then into another? We, they tried to shoot um, as in sequence as possible. Obviously we would, the, the majority of the film takes place in this lab. And so we got to shoot out there, but there were certain things we we'd shoot out of order. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was honestly, it didn't make a difference. It was all confusing. <laughs> That's a lot of memorizing. I can't, yeah. That, yeah can't like if you were to play the game right now, do you think you can get to the end with the, to the right ending or is there a right ending? Is there multiple right endings? Well, and that's the fun of it, right? Mm. It's like, it's dealer's choice ultimately. And do you want her to be a villain? Do you like her? Do you Mm -hmm. think she's deserving of love or happiness? Or is she actually the protagonist or is this other person? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool in that way. Um, And it was interesting to see what, what ending people came to on their own, Mm -hmm. because it told me a lot about their choices and what kind of a movie they like. (laughs) It's Mm, kind of a telling. Oh yeah. They must have some interesting data on, on the Mm. people who watch that. Like, because uh, I don't know the way it ended. I I watched somebody play through it once on, on YouTube and Mm -hmm. the way the ending they arrived that ended, it looked like the story could continue because you kind of walk away and like there, there could be a part two to this or, or or a sequel. Right. Right. So um, is that in every ending or do you die in a couple of endings? I know. I'm like, I guess, I mean, it's been out for a long enough. There are definitely some pretty, um, intense death endings, mm-hmm. nice. oh. some villain endings. There's some romance endings. And then there's kind of like the walking into the sunset. ending. I feel like this is an actor's dream then, because you've got to play everything. You got to have your death scene yet. You got to have your hero walking away scene, throwing the gun away. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like I really know her, mm-hmm, right? <laughs> and, I, and how she responds in every single situation, wow. maybe too well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a wild. Cool. That's a really wild. I love that. But what I love most about that is, from like your perspective, you, yeah, you really got to play multiple versions of yourself. It's like you did five different mm-hmm. stories at once, and what well, you did, um, and just trying to really like stretch your 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 abilities in every different genre or every different storyline. So. Um, that must've been tough, but, uh, but a very cool challenge to take on. It was, it was really cool. And it felt like a really special, like you said, not every actor gets the the chance to really explore as mm-hmm. much, especially in a movie when it's so short. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was very cool in that way. Very challenging, but also challenging for every single person on that set. Everybody sure. came so prepared, worked so hard and I'm really proud with how it turned out. Nice. I just want to talk about one last film because it's, it's been shot and it's actually doing the circuit, I guess the film festival circuit, but it hasn't been released yet, but it sound it looks amazing. It's called American dreamer and check out this, this cast, Peter Dinklage, Shirley MacLaine, Matt Dillon, Danny Glover, Danny Pudi, but you're the star. You, you get, you've got number one billing on this. I mean, 
amazing. That sounds so cool. Congratulations. I'm like, wait, do I? Well, at least uh, IMDb makes it look like you do. So I think it says starring Michelle Milet. Well, I will take that if that's true. Okay. That seems insane to me. But yeah. um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely the story of, you know, where Peter Dinklage and Shirley MacLaine okay. are. Sorry, my dog is barking. That's okay. We, okay. We love puppers here. Yes. I'm going to show my door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, it's definitely Shirley McCain and, and Peter Dinklage's like. Okay. Moment. And mm-hmm. it's, it's their story. And it's, um, yeah, I was, I was so thrilled to work with both of them, especially I'm mm-hmm. a huge Game of Thrones fan. Shirley McLean is obviously just a legend and, um, and, you know, she, she came to set and I think she's in her mid eighties, I want to say, or she was when we filmed mm-hmm. and she was just so, so brilliant, so prepared, so generous. And she has such a presence. Right. Um, and it was, it was really cool working yeah. with her. I was, I was quite like overwhelmed meeting her. She's a and Hollywood then, legend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is this is real life, Michelle. This yeah. is this is this is real life. It's <laughs> crazy. Can you believe it? Yeah. Um. And then obviously Peter Dinklage is just like the coolest, and um, yeah, such a great actor. I I loved it, and we got to shoot most of it in Victoria. So oh, it was nice. like my first oh, cool. kind of hometown shooting. Where after set, I would get to go home. Very cool. Nice. How did you get yeah. that role? You, you just auditioned for it, or or did somebody approach you for it? I auditioned, and then um. El Camino Christmas was written and produced by a man named Ted Melfi, who did um, Hidden Figures, mm-hmm. yeah, and won the Oscar for Hidden Figures. Wow! And he's an amazing writer, and he um, did American Dreamer as well. And so, um, I think he he put me forward for the for the role, which was cool. Well, it's getting a lot of buzz in, in on the festival circuit. Are you, are you having fun going to all the festivals that it's being shown at, or are you able to? <laughs> Yeah, so I went to the premiere at Tribeca, mm-hmm. um, and and that's kind of the only one that I've been to. I'm excited to to see it. I think after that first premiere, I think there was talk that there was going to be a bit of a re-edit because it was running a little bit long oh, okay. um, from memory. I don't know where that stands now, so I'm mm-hmm. excited to see kind of the, the final product. Will it be a TIFF, do you think, this year? I don't know. I hope so. Well, if it is, we'll, we'll come watch because uh, we, we have fun at going to TIFF. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to why people are listening today and get to Letter Kenny. But first, I'd like to play you a little clip here. We saw probably 60 tapes for Katie over a month of pre-production. We were getting pretty close to going to camera. We were days away from camera and we didn't have a Katie. We didn't have a number three. But when we saw Michelle's tape, it was over across the board. Everyone knew immediately. There was no discussion. We cast her and we got to work immediately. On paper, it, it seems like a really tough job because there are like eight dudes on the main cast and one girl, but not when the one girl is Michelle Milet. I can confidently say that, you know, from the second she came to set these seven, eight dudes, whatever, we we established ourselves as big brother types, even though Milet is obviously a sniper. Mm -hmm. You know, all of our first instincts were to make sure that she felt comfortable and felt cool because she was so outnumbered. And from start to finish, Milet was all of our friends and coworkers and confidants. And at the end of all that, we still think she's the biggest sniper on TV. And I think that that's pretty damn cool. Like she is, she's that cool. Oh man, Jared. <laughs> so funny. He's such a sweetie pie. So, so yeah, ahead, let's Matt. dive into that. Like that one, I want to play right off that clip. I mean, and that the leading question to that was, I asked him around, you know, was there anyone who surprised you? And like, I'm sure he had his visions of who, the character is going to be in real life. And he immediately went to you and said, you were, you just caught him off guard and you were it. And there was no, nothing left. And then I love how he talks about when you showed up on set and them to kind of taking this big brother um, aspect. Now, from your perspective, what was your experience? Like when you arrived on set and, and entered the show? Well, first of all, it's such a lovely thing that Jared said. He's, you know, you guys talk to him. He's a really, incredible human being, very generous. Um, when I first entered the Letterkenny <laughs> universe and 
arrived, I was definitely nervous. Um, and not, I wouldn't say worried, but you know, you look at a show like this on paper, you see who's cast and it's kind of easy to make some assumptions, Mm -hmm. um, entering sort of like potential boys club vibe is like not ideal (laughs) for, for anyone, frankly. And, and so I, you know, I was worried that that might be the dynamic, but as soon as I met everybody that was like, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm totally good. Everybody is so sweet and welcoming and working very hard to, to make me feel as comfortable as possible. Especially the role of Katie, she's so close to these guys. Um, and she's so confident and, and so supported and, so having that work off camera as well was integral to my success in the role, honestly. Like it wouldn't have worked unless I felt as comfortable as I did. And that was because of all of them. And frankly, Jared leading that that team, mm-hmm. he, you know, he set a very, very high standard, not just about me, but about our set in general yeah. and treatment of other people. Um, I've never seen a set feel that inclusive and right. respectful. And that comes from the top for sure. That's definitely the sense we've gotten speaking to everyone that we've spoken to so far on yeah. with this show and with Shorzy. Uh, that brings us to some of our listener questions who are really excited when they heard you're coming on. I'll start here with Jay from Edmonton. He says, thanks for taking the time. We, they appreciate it. Uh, I have read you recently, you recently say that Katie, the character is very different from Michelle, the actor. What traits would you say you have in common with Katie? And what would you say you have the least amount of similarities? That's from Jay from Edmonton. Thanks for the question, Jay. Um, Let me see. I mean, I think Katie's pretty direct. I can be pretty direct, especially in the relationships that I'm very, like the people I'm closest with. Mm -hmm. I don't really hold back. Um, I don't have the potty mouth that she has, you know, Uh, and we have a very different style of dressing, but um, I too have an older brother. Yeah, but I think the directness is something that her and I share, for sure. Cool. That's actually a great transition to Zach from Florida, who, uh, being Wayne's little sister, you know, how's that dynamic? Um, He's also a big brother, and he was wondering, you know, he played the role so well. Did you Do you have a big brother? And you mentioned you do have a big brother, right? So were you pulling a lot from that experience, or, um, you know, how did that uh, help you for that role? Yeah. I mean, I think having a big brother, I sort of fell into what that dynamic is mm-hmm. um, pretty easily. My brother and I get along really well. We laugh a lot together um, and there's quite an age difference. So it is a true like older brother, or little sister dynamic. And then Jared has a younger sister as well. So I think right. we both kind of fit. We just knew what it was and it mm-hmm. came pretty naturally. Interesting. So your brother's much older. So you must've had some like exposed to some pretty cool music. Yeah. Yeah. He listened to, he went through quite a kind of like a metal goth phase. Okay. So, um, he, he showed me limb biscuit, which mm-hmm. was cool. Um, <laughs> and some kind of scary movies. I watched the Godfather when I was like seven, which was probably yeah. not great, but probably not. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was fun. It's fun having a big brother. I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> our uh, our buddy Mike from New Jersey he he caught the Letterkenny live show in New Jersey said it was an incredible time as the only female cast member in the show what was the bus experience like not just on the bus but the experience of just being on tour like that must have been something new for you oh man it was so much fun mm-hmm. like the tour was first of all a TV show going on a tour bus yeah. for two months doing yeah. like 40 shows in 39 cities like that just does not happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really, it was truly bizarre. And the fact that we were just there and we had all of these people coming and they're wearing like letter Kenny shirts and they're saying the lines and you can see them in person. Cause it's one thing to connect with fans online or um, run into the occasional person, but to see a theater full, like thousands of people that came and bought a ticket, it was really meaningful. Um, it, kind of yeah it just it just humbled all of us in in a really cool way and and connecting with everybody and we had so much fun mm-hmm. also <laughs> does the fandom still trip you out totally yeah it's really it's really 
crazy. And it's, and it's become so much bigger than just like us or the, the show itself. It's like, it feels a lot like a community of people. And I've heard a lot that if someone like says a letter, Kenny line and someone like catches them, they're, they like get each other and they'll, you know what I mean? It's kind of this cute camaraderie that, that we got to see. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, do you I'm have sorry, any... but I didn't even answer the question. Okay, no, the yeah. bus. Oh, the bus. <laughs> Do you have any fond memories okay. from from being on the bus with those guys, like from that tour? Do you have, like what what are some yeah. of your fondest memories? I mean, we're in bunk beds. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm like, it's like the the front part of the bus is like hangout area. The very back is where um, it's like more of an, an office, and then the middle are like stacked bunk beds. Mm-hmm. So I'm sleeping. Dylan's in the bunk above me and then we've got evan to my right and tyler of course because they can't be separated (laughs) um stacked to the side so we mostly we do these like 13 hour bus rides overnight and in the morning we'd like all wake up and like the curtain and it was like an adult sleepover where we're all in our own little Mm -hmm. cubes and it's like just so cute and we'd have coffee in the morning and watch stepbrothers and yeah it was it was fun it was a lot of driving right yeah bit of motion sickness but we had a lot of fun a lot of laughs how many buses how many buses were there because there was what a a good dozen of you guys who went on the road right yeah so um i want to say nine nine of the cast oh nine nine cast members okay yeah and then our producer kara and um and then we had another crew bus so Mm -hmm. i think it was just two buses total Okay. Well, I know you caught some good moments and you shared some of that on Instagram recently and I'm, I'm going to hold this photo up. So I'm holding up a photo <laughs> of, I'm, I'm guessing that Kiso hanging from the roof of the bus and you got Nathan Dales in the back and Tyler Johnson basically waving you off of the photo. So what is going on here? <laughs> and they're all shirtless, might I add. Yeah, they are shirtless. Um, <laughs> so... Oh man. So they, yeah, we had, we had a lot you of posted it. So I had to I ask. Know, and, and I don't regret it for a second. Um, Jared, I'm going to, I'm going to point my finger at Jared right now. So he has this funny thing when he's kind of like in party mode with the guys, he'll be like, he'll turn up the heat really high and then go around and be like, pretty hot in here. Right. Pretty hot. Probably just pick it. And then, and then it's just before you know it, everyone's shirt, not everyone, all the guys shirts. Really? Are off. And it's just this That's funny, hilarious. like, hockey locker room, silly, silly vibe that's so funny and um, usually happens after a couple of shots of whiskey. That is that's precious. Hilarious. Thank you so that's much for sharing that. the game moves I've heard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. It's like I've never seen anyone. And you've met him. He's kind of yeah. this, like, bit of a boyish charm about him mm-hmm. that it's just – there's, it's like so innocent and right. sweet and funny and yeah. yeah. It's and I bet he's pretty proud of himself too, as it's happening. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause he's just manipulated everyone and everyone's happy to do it. They're like, yeah. And then this. I'm su- do they say, I'm surprised we're not taking our tarps off right now. <laughs> I mean, it's probably been said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Our friend Casey from Virginia says, wait, Michelle. Oh my God. You're a fucking force. Thank you for being here and for taking our questions. Now the letter Kenny's over. How has the experience changed you as an actor and as a human? What do you now know that you didn't know then? Well, that's such a lovely question. Um, <clears throat> I think I now know more than ever. This is going to be a bit of a cheesy thing to say, but the power of a team and how important it is to work with people that you have that respect and love for. Uh, it doesn't matter how talented somebody is. If they're just out for themselves, it's not going to work, especially in business. And I think people make that mistake all the time. Mm. We genuinely loved each other and continue to love each other as humans. And it made our work, I believe, so much so much stronger all around. Um, this kind of like catty shit that can happen in the industry, in every industry, people get competitive and egos get in the way. Um, it's so disappointing and it really takes away from the magic. So I think Letter Kenny for me was um, a representation of how to not do that and how to just lean into what's good and and see the benefits. So I definitely think it it's made me a more um, just more mindful of who I work with mm-hmm. and who I want to work with. And then as far as uh, me just personally as an actor, <laughs> the the pacing it was a huge lesson on pace obviously the show is incredibly quick 
um, not getting too attached to your, to your choices, like being Mm -hmm. able to, to go back to that improv state of mind of just keeping it moving and doing what's best for the material instead of what's best for you. Um, that that's very important in comedy. So those are kind of my major takeaways for sure. Um, I mean, with the improv that you did and now you've done movies and television and then the letter Kenny live tour. So you've done live stage work now and, and on camera, obviously what's your, you know, what do you like better? What's your forte? Yeah. What's your forte? forte. Sorry. I had to, I know it's okay. (laughs) Um, Hmm. It was interesting because I, as I said, started in the improv world, being mm-hmm. on stage, doing comedy, and it felt like a full circle moment, moment sorry, mm-hmm. to go back on stage for Letterkenny, doing comedy with a bunch of silly people. And so that was really meaningful. And I loved that. I loved being on stage. I think m- making films and, and TV is special because you are still performing. There's a crew there. There's your other actors. It's a little bit more insular, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, I always love seeing the finished product for better, for worse. Sometimes it's completely not what you imagined it would be. And there's some fun in that too. So I don't really know what I prefer. I think the stage, I have a lot of respect for theater actors. It's a very, very hard, hard thing to do. I've thought about getting more into theater, but I feel a bit nervous. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, first you have to start calling it theater or else. Yeah. yeah. And I have to start wearing black turtlenecks, yeah, I guess. Exactly. And, and uh, the French yeah, caps. Little, yeah. Right. Little hats. <laughs> to, kind of on a related note, Tobias from Missouri wants to know what your dream role is. Um, you know, what, what, what haven't you played yet that you might want to play? It's so hard. I, I've been asked this before and I feel like I never have a good answer for it. I mean, you kind of know, know you connect with something when you read it. Um, I would like to play a role that I write. That's kind okay. of um, so that I can push myself not only as a writer, but like performer as well. It's kind of fun writing something and, and knowing that you're potentially going to play it and then like pushing it as far as you can and just hoping that you can <laughs> pull it off later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be kind of cool. So that's sort of my my next big hope. And, and would that be in the form of film or a series? Both. I mean, right now, both. But I'm yeah, I've been writing a lot, and and so um, yeah. But maybe series for it now. Series are so fun because you get more time with your character, right? And so yeah. you can really see a progression. I mean, obviously if you're lucky enough for the show to go, but mm-hmm. yeah, series are great for that. So you mentioned you're writing a lot. Uh what are you writing? Is it uh comedy? Is it drama? What 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 would you classify it? I would classify it currently as um kind of dark, dark comedy. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely um I'm definitely still wanting to work in that world and Mm -hmm. love that world and, and think that's like a nice fit. Um, but I just started writing kind of a strange, darker movie. So we'll see what happens there, but yeah, working more in writing and comedy. Well, we can't wait to hear as it evolves, um, really quickly on the comedy side as well, with like knowing you, you love the, the whole comedy world and the improv and all that your interactions with like K Trev and Mark forward and those guys, like, did, did you have a lot of good discussions with them about being on stage and, and from the comedy? Oh, especially aspect? to prepare for your, your scene uh, in episode one of season 12 of being on stage. Yes. Yeah. My scene, mm. <laughs> which was by the way, so intimidating. I like standups. I don't understand. It takes a really specific personality type to be a standup. There's no question. It's so hard and exposing. Mm-hmm. Um, being on tour was cool because I got to see, each night Trev and Mark would do their set and um, you know, they had their material that they had written and prepared for this show, of course, but seeing that material kind of transition over different shows and Mm -hmm. as they would get reactions, they would kind of like adjust to it and make it work better and stronger over time. They're both such talented standups. So um I maybe should have. I think I did reach out to Mark and kind of discussed my stand-up scene a little bit, but it's hard to give advice, really. Like, mm-hmm. 
I think it's especially Mark. Have you seen his stand up? Yes, we've been yeah. a couple times. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. went to yeah, uh, Letterkenny he... pres- presents uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, that was, was a lithograph great. that so we got at the show. We saw Olivia, we saw yeah. Ali, we saw Mark, we saw uh, Jeff. It was great. Yeah. But also his own his own material that's yeah. separate oh. from Letterkenny. Oh yeah, we saw him at Yuck Yucks in Toronto, or not Yuck Yucks, uh, just for laughs in Toronto too. He's right. great. Yeah, yeah, he's great, and he's I think each stand up and Mark's a great example of that mm. very very specific brain. Yes. So there's there's no mimicking. <laughs> no. There's no you know what I mean. No. Not Mark forward. No. No, he's a <laughs> real original and. Mm. Um, so yeah, I could ask for like stage present advice, timing, but I think you, you learn better by just kind of watching and absorbing. And I definitely had a lot of opportunities to do that watching Trev and Mark on the road. Yeah. And I imagine Ali and Olivia, because they're kind of more standard stand up comics, uh, might've had, uh, you know, some, some tips for you. Yeah. Well, they wrote it. They wrote right. that. Yeah. Um, they wrote all the stand up for that episode. Um, and they're so great and mm-hmm. so supportive. And when I was on the stage sweating and so nervous, um, I looked over at them a few times and they were giving me big beaming smiles and being so sweet mm-hmm. about it. So yeah, they were, they were great. But yeah, I think it's just with stand up, it's timing. I mean, anything with comedy, yeah. it's, it's timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can we t- talk about, I don't know. I apologize. If you have a question from someone about this one, but, and I'm going to throw Tanabit on the spot here. So you're to me you're one of the biggest moments of the entire series across the board was the spoken word let me ask okay gord's question because yeah okay then ask gord's question i knew someone in there was gonna ask it i'll sit back yyz gord (laughs) yyz gord says katie's opening rap to season nine is very powerful and a series highlight Uh, and what's michelle's reaction when she saw well when you first saw the script and how did you approach preparing for the delivery of that rap (laughs) Well, Jared either messaged me or called me um, and he was like, I am uh, going to write you a rap. I love how you all have your impre- impersonation of, of Jared. Go on. Because <laughs> he's got a bit of a cartoony. Like he just does. It's uh-huh. so funny. Um, yeah. And he was like, he's like, do you, are you like comfortable with that? Do you like we, we can go over it? And I was like, yeah, like let's, that sounds great. And so he sent it, I read it, obviously loved it. And I was nervous about it because when we filmed it, um, we didn't know exactly how we were going to, we obviously ended up doing it um, in studio so that we could kind of like cut to other things and have the sound clarity be great. But when I arrived on set, it was just like the whole cast standing in a line and me with my little mic (laughs) and they're like action. And I just like did it in one take Wow. Um, because there was a potential that that was the take that we were going to use. They just right. wanted kind of this one raw, almost like, I don't know if you guys have seen that Eminem. He does like a, he's in the car, carport or something with his friends. And he's like rapping about Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, not, obviously my rap wasn't based on that, but it was like that kind of a vibe of just very like raw and yeah. More like beat um, poetry than rap almost. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So no beat, which was difficult. Um, and I felt a little bit nervous about it, but it was actually really fun. You, you absolutely slayed it. Um, and, and, and this is also Tom, and I'm going to call out Tanya on this one. Um, we we did a, a bit with our show last week, actually. So we have a, a couple of listeners of our show who is a big become our writing team who we go by Tate and Webb is there what we call them um, wrote uh, basically an homage to that what you did and then Tanya performed it um, and it was I know I'm a little biased here on from our show but it's outstanding so if you have a minute after this I recommend looking it up all our socials have it right now you'll know the photo it's a black and white photo and then you'll hear Tanya's bit and it's it's fantastic. Oh my God. I can't wait to see this it's a black and white photo of us standing in front of the barn at, uh, at the farmhouse. Cause we got to visit that, that last year. Yeah. yeah. That's so sweet. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> I, was- I watched your rap on repeat and Oh, you nailed it. It was just, it's so powerful. It's so like, just amazing. You did an amazing job. So um, yeah, Liz and uh, Trace, they wrote us this amazing rap and I practiced it. I can't believe that you did that whole thing because I could not do my whole thing. 
<laughs> not that I'm not an actor at all. And I very much have many, many outtakes. So uh, yeah, kudos <laughs> to you for, for being able to pull that off. It, well, uh, thank yeah. you. But I bet you nailed it. And I cannot wait to watch this. Yeah. It's one of the you. best things that we've done on our podcast. So uh, yeah, she did. Hands, hands down. That's so sick. Our, our friend. Awesome. Uh, at, first of all, thanks you for doing the AMA, AMA that you did. Uh, was it last week or a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, she, she's, her question is, uh, I know the letter Kenny is supposed to operate on Neverland rules, but I would like your take on Wayne and Katie's background. You know, what was their childhood like? So put your writing hat on and kind of give us what you think Wayne and Katie's. And we won't hold you to it. We won't make it canon, but we'd like to hear your take. Yeah. I mean, I've, it's interesting. I've, I have some theories, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Jared's stayed pretty close lipped about it, but, um, but I think it makes the most sense in my brain that they either like came from the foster care system or both their parents died. And they were just old enough to kind of take care of themselves or they oh, okay. lied so that, mm-hmm. you know, Wayne could take, take ownership of the home somehow and not have, you know, da, da, da. So I think they definitely had kind of a, like a troubled background and mm-hmm. lost a lot of family or needed to, to leave a bad situation. And they're kind of, you know, the only people, only family that they've got. There's also a chance they're not fully related. They were just like, foster siblings and became siblings because Mm -hmm. of that at a really young age, which um, is also kind of sweet. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard all the the different theories and stuff, but one that I really like is that you guys were Mennonites because it sounded like you had a a strict upbringing and, and maybe you, you got away from that lifestyle to, to join the English world. Right. (laughs) Katie went full yeah. circle yeah. <laughs> we went exactly, yeah. as far away from the Mennonite as possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wayne still kind of acts like a Mennonite mm-hmm. in yeah. a funny way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely possible. I don't, I don't know for sure. I don't know if we'll ever know, mm-hmm. but there are definitely no adults really in no. Letter Kenny, no police, no. which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, keeping your, your writer hat on uh, Jeff from Maine would like you to write the perfect ending for Katie. What's next in her story? I do have like a hope sort of that um, I think it'd be fun for her to like, I, I don't know. She's with the hockey at, at the end. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, you know, of course they were always kind of going to come back together at some point. I think it'd be fun for Katie to continue to travel. She kind of caught the travel bug sort of expand her horizons a bit, but always have Letterkenny be the home base. I could see her maybe actually becoming the mayor of Letterkenny um, mm-hmm. if they were to ever get real jobs. I don't know if that's a thing, but <laughs> or I could see her kind of like getting into politics mm-hmm. in a funny way, but like not sacrificing the shorts. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you have those shorts, by the way? Uh, I, I do. You, I do have the shorts. You kept them? Yeah. <laughs> They're in my, my cupboard. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think she's probably, she's going to, you know, go off and, and become kind of a boss, but I, I don't really see her ever leaving Letterkenny. Like, I think she's just going to be committed to making the town great, <laughs> make the town great again. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> her buddy, uh, Challenger in the UK, uh, would like to know if there are any other genres. I mean, you've, you've covered sci-fi horror and comedy now that you might want to jump into acting wise. I mean, I, as much as I love to, to laugh and, and stuff like that, obviously mm-hmm. who doesn't, but um, the dramatic space is always fun to dabble in as well. Um, yeah. Again, it's really just project dependent. Mm-hmm. Like there's good writing in every genre and you connect with characters in every genre for different reasons. So I'm more, I'm less focused on like what I want to do. Yeah kind of characters, kind of genre, and more just about good story. Oh, I really wanted to ask you about the the Canadian heritage moment that you did, because that's a big deal. I mean, up here in Canada, so for our American listeners, <laughs> they won't understand, but these vignettes that we've grown <laughs> up on, basically, that we've watched, you know, smelling burnt toast and and so on and so forth. And you're in one of them and you're, you're playing Mary Bonnie, um, what's your name? Baker. Baker. Uh, first of all, did you like, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, who plays Marianne on Letterkenny? Who was actually in the League of Their Own? Um, yeah, did, did you talk to her at all about because she plays 
a Canadian baseball player from Saskatchewan as well on that show. Was that based on the Mary Baker character? Do you know, or, you know, I didn't actually talk to her. That might've been a good thing to do, Mm -hmm. but because it's the Canadian heritage minutes are so, um, they, they keep them incredibly historically accurate. So, um, I, I know that Mary Bonnie Baker was involved in a league of their own Mm -hmm. and she kind of helped, um, work on that project and make it as legit as possible, which is very cool. But all of the references that I were given were from the Canadian heritage, right. like people themselves. And, mm-hmm. and they had done that research and they sent me this. So I just kind of focused on trying to be as accurate with her representation as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a lot of interviews. She was, um, she was a very, very cool woman. And um, yeah, it was really fun. I had to wear a very tiny brown wig so tight and it's crazy they like playing baseball and sliding into home in these little dresses it's just a different time but it was cool it was cool to go to saskatchewan and a lot of fun i mean it's a uh, it's a pretty big deal to be part of that because that's that's going to be around like if it's like all the others it'll outlast all of us right those moments (laughs) i mean we're still quoting ones that we watched when we were kids Mm -hmm. right so did did you feel that like did any of that was like oh this is kind of a big deal or were you just like another acting job no, it felt so sentimental. Like mm-hmm. you said, growing up watching them, um, and being a proud Canadian, um, yeah, I was so honored that they had thought of me for this role and, and it was really cool watching it. My mom loved it mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just very wholesome and, um, kind of classic Canadian, yeah. which, yeah. Felt, which felt sweet. Did you have a, a heritage moment that stood out to you from your past? Like from, from growing up that you watched Like we had this conversation a couple weeks ago, like yeah. one that you always remembered. Oh, I really should have an answer for this. That's, off okay. The That's okay. Dang, what are yours? Maybe it'll jumpstart my brain. Well, mine has always been the burnt toast one. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I haven't had one in years, thank God, but I was epileptic when I was younger. So that one actually hit home. So my entire adult life, every time I smell burnt toast, I'm like, oh shit. And then I realized it's not actually that case, but mm-hmm. it's it's something that's always stuck with me. So that one's a little more personal. Right. But- Fair enough. Mine was the the woman that was in a classroom with all the men and uh, she was going to be a doctor and they had a piece of paper over the uh, penis on the board and they were trying to say the word without saying the word and she said, oh, for God's sakes, and she basically goes up to the classroom and rips the the uh, the paper off. Right. Yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. And that's, a, that's one that like as a young girl, you'd be like, and it would really... Yeah. stick in your brain for okay. a few different reasons. Yeah. 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 Don't ask Victor. He'll just give you some BS about a hippo. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, okay. It wasn't the heritage moment, but it was still a public service announcement. So and it was the house, the, the, the house hippo. Yeah, you that's didn't answer the, the question. Greatest, that was asked. Doesn't yeah. Count. Yeah, that's doesn't the count. greatest thing that we ever had on Canadian television. No, it isn't. And letter can you can. But, but I'm telling you the house hippo. Go, I'm going to have to look it. that up. Mm-hmm. House yeah. hippo. Okay. <laughs> Uh, last one here from our listeners, our buddy, Joey, I, I feel like, uh, Su- Sudbury tourism must be paying him because this is his question for everyone. What do you love about filming in Sudbury? Are summer or winter seasons better? And what's your favorite place to eat in Sudbury? Right. Okay. Um, Sudbury was wonderful to film in. Mm-hmm. Everyone in that town welcomed us and accommodated us, you know, for almost eight years, which was lovely. It felt like a second home. And it also just kind of puts you right in the Letterkenny mindset, shooting on the farm, super rural. It has um, some characters that live in that in that city that kind of remind you of the people of Letterkenny in a way. So all of that stuff was so great. It's like the lakes are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I definitely prefer the summer there. <laughs> they have hard winters up there. Yeah. Yeah. We shot a couple of winter seasons and it was brutal. I'm also from the West Coast. I'm from sure. Vancouver Island. Yeah. So like. I'm Canadian, but I'm also like a wimp Canadian, you know, like you we just deal with rain. Oh. Don't you? Isn't that it? Yeah. Yeah. It rains. It's like, it's like five degrees and everyone's inside and like, can't go to work. Like, you know, it's just, it's such a, it's such a top out as far as Canadian winters go. So I didn't love the Sudbury winters. Um, it was very beautiful and, uh, yeah, I love like we had so many great lake days. So those are sort of my favorite memories. And then as far as food, 
Sudbury has great chicken wings and um, we would frequent a few different spots mm-hmm. for chicken wings there. They also have some great Italian restaurants. There's this one, um, Giovanni's, I think it's called. And we used to go there a lot. And then we'd also always have keg dinners. And I know the keg is like not Sudbury specific. Oh, but Billy Minor Pie Rocks. It's nothing better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had we had many a keg dinner yeah. and that was fun. Very cool. Uh, Michelle, we we so appreciate you coming on today and you're, you're uh the first female cast member from letter Kenny we've had on. So we, we appreciate you coming on and giving us almost a full hour here. I'm going to let my, my uh, panelists here have their final question with you, but I'd like, just want to say thank you so much for coming on. I hope you had a good time with us and you'll put in a good work for us for maybe some of the other female cast members that we don't bite. And, uh, and uh, we'd love to talk to them as well. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for making me feel welcome. The podcast space can be a little intimidating because mm. it's so it's just like long form, interview so i'll definitely let them know that you guys are lovely victor would you like to explain your cat background now (laughs) oh yeah sure so so this is just to help you understand kind of your far-reaching uh kind of influence without even without even doing anything so this is from 2021 uh in kansas city and so there's a uh uh, animal shelter in Kansas City, and they call it the um, the KC Project, where they help, they save animals and help uh, kind of relocate them to homes. And this is a cat named uh, Michelle Milet, and it's a. <laughs> <laughs> so again, this is this is smack in the middle of the pandemic, where people are looking for friends and they're looking for companions. And there's this wonderful cat that was a, a, up for adoption that was adopted. And uh, yeah, just want to share that with you, that there was, in the, you know, when everybody was kind of uh, thinking the world's coming to an end, there's this wonderful cat named Michelle Milet <laughs> that made somebody very, very happy. And uh, so uh, you needed to know that. I did need to know that. That was so funny. Thank you. Victor, you're an enigma. I swear you to God. Yeah, beautiful oh. eyes. Victor, um, that was way better than I thought the yeah, answer was yeah. going to be. So <laughs> thank God. <laughs> so that. so and uh, so I'll give you a softy to just to to uh, sh- uh, share kind of with your uh, uh, fans out there. Um, so we know we've learned a lot about you today. Uh, we know about your dancing, passion for dancing, and and whatnot. Maybe you can share something with uh, with everyone in terms of maybe a hobby or a talent that maybe not everybody knows about. Hmm. I mean, I already gave you my secret Highland dancing talent. Yeah, well, that's yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a really good skipper. So I was on a skipping team when I was a kid, and I can still do a lot of the tricks. Um, double Dutch. That, that's the only Dutch. word I had in my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah double Dutch. Um, but then also like just like solo trick skipping. Right. <laughs> Me trying to make it sound cool. Mm-hmm. It's not. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I I was on a team. We used to like travel around to schools and do performances and stuff. So, and I can still do it. It's great exercise. Um, so yeah, skipping. And then, you know, the less kind of obscure, I guess I do yoga. I love my dog. Um, if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok, you probably know that already. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I like writing. I don't know. I live, I live on Vancouver Island. So I, I love being in nature and things like that. That's very important for, for me and my general well being. but yeah, skipping is kind of a quirky one, I guess. Well, you know what we gave, we gave Evan Stern a hard time about some of the, the, the skills that he had on his resume. (laughs) I think skipping. What are his skills? Well, one was sprinting. We, we gave him a a hard time on that. (laughs) We had fun. At Come his on. expense on now. I forget what some of the other ones were, but, uh, oh, conversational French. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah. Meaning he can say four things. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And I think he said all four when, when we asked him. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty proud oh, of his resume. Oh, there was another one. Uh, mimicking. Mimicking. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Mimicking. Okay. <laughs> anyway. he, and obviously break dancing because he yeah. has to talk about that as much as possible absolutely that was um, number one <laughs> did you see him obviously if you saw the show you saw him open the show with his his dancing oh yeah lady c yeah. you mean that one uh or um well that but then the the tour oh the live tour no we, ne- we never we, yeah, yeah we never saw the tour yeah because it got canceled the show we had tickets to up here in ontario uh got canceled so we never yeah. got to see that We've seen the, Damn, the comedy is- the comedy tour, but not the Letterkenny Live one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he opened the Letterkenny Live tour 
with some break dancing and this poor boy's body at the end of that tour. Cause it was every single night and he's yeah. doing like, a headstand and like he's, flipping around and he was limping. He worked so hard. <laughs> but, but really quick, was it his idea to do that or did Jared ask him because where does the ownership lie on his pain? <laughs> Ooh, that's a tricky question. I think Evan was, you know, it was, it was written. And so as an actor, when it's written, you do it, yeah. you yes ands and mm -hmm. you out there. And I also think he was happy to yeah. do it. I, he would have never been forced into something that he didn't properly. <laughs> sure, fair enough. Yeah. Much like the shirts, Jared influenced the outcome that he desired. Absolutely. <laughs> He's very good. He's a puppet master. Tan, do you have any questions? Um, I would love to know who would make you break on set. Who, like, as a comedy, there were so many, so many funny moments. Was there a person that just got you every time? Oh, man. Um, I found Mark difficult to work with Mark forward coach. Yeah. He, he really likes to fuck with people <laughs> but in general. And so he, he took a lot of, I had to like really compose myself because I knew he was out to get me and he would do it on stage too, on tour. Yeah. He would just like hyper focus and try to maintain eye contact with me doing the most disgusting faces. So oh my gosh. him definitely, um, Jared is very, obviously so funny and he's especially funny to me when he's breaking because his face goes so red and his squinty <laughs> eyes get even squintier and he just looks like a cartoon version of himself. Um, so he makes me giggle and then Stuart as well. Oh. Um, Tyler's work on as Stuart is mm. amazing mm. and he just like goes so hard and he's just a, what an outrageous character and he nails it and yeah. makes me giggle. Nice. Nice. Those are, those are all great answers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a, a photo of Billy Buttry um, in one of Katie's outfits. Can you tell us the story <laughs> about that? Oh man. I, yeah, I wish I was involved in that decision, but um, nobody, nobody asked. So he just kind of put on at the end of filming the like little, I don't know, what, crop top, jean short, uh, like overall yeah. set and a little crop top fit him beautifully. Mm -hmm. Well, he's got a great figure. Yeah. He's got a gorgeous figure, uh, curves in all the right spots. Yeah. And yeah, he really rocked it. And with his like long blonde hair right. from the back, I was like, is that me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really, really nailed it. Awesome. That's amazing. Uh, last question, Matt. Yeah. So I, I ask everyone this. Um, so first off, thank you so much for coming on. It's meant the world to us. And we absolutely adore you and the show and everything you guys have done over the years. Um, looking back at it all, I mean, we've we touched a bit on the fandom um, and, you, you know, you experienced it live on the tour the cult kind of aspect to this show that like the, the reach that this show has had across the world. What, what does it all meant to you looking back on it? Man, I know it's a loaded one. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. First of all, that's really sweet of you to say. Um, it really, the show really did change my life um, completely professionally, of course, and never, it's so rare in this industry to, be a part of something that not only has longevity, but people like, and you like, like it, it felt like magic and it's not lost on me how rare that is. So that the relationships that we all formed, you know, those won't ever go away. I'll be friends with these people for the rest of my life. And um, yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where it's, it's professionally so important and just as personally important. And so it's hard for me to even like articulate. I, I, I don't even know what to say, except it just, yeah, really, really changed my life. And um, I'm so grateful for every single person who worked so hard to make this show happen because it's not a, a show that's very common. Um, you know, it's a very original voice yeah. and, from our networks to our crew, like everybody kind of went out on a limb to make the show happen. And, and it, we were lucky that it worked, but it was a big risk. And so the fact that everybody took it and continued to take it is really cool. So 
yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of processing the end of it, but mm-hmm. I do okay. know that we'll all stay connected and I'm excited to see what all of us do separately as well as together in some capacity in the future. I don't think this is like the end in kind of any sort of like final way. I think it'll become something different, but mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but I'm excited. Perfect. Well, I Michelle, appreciate you. As, as sad as we are that it's ending, uh, we also agree that it'll, something great's going to come out of this in Jared, we all trust. Uh, and in terms of what you have coming up, I mean, we talked about the the one film that might be coming out this year. Is there anything else you want to talk about? And and please know that we're here to amplify anything, any work you're doing. We'd love to spread the word wide, like whenever you have something that you'd like to, to talk about. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. Aside from the movie, I mean, obviously this last year was a little bit of a strange one with the strike and a bit mm-hmm. slower. So like I said, I've just been writing and kind of working on a couple of uh, projects to create just myself and mm-hmm. with some other people, some familiar faces that you guys would know too. Um, but I can't, I know it's such a good dumb thing, but I can't fully speak to it. Yeah, yet, no, no problem. And I can, yes. I'll let you guys know. Please do and come on and talk about it. And we'll, we'll, uh, yeah. we'd love to hear about it. And what's the best place for folks to follow you is it is it instagram or tiktok or what would you rather people follow you yeah instagram probably um i'm i'm on tiktok for sure i'm not like as active mm-hmm. <laughs> but i like to consume tiktok i don't like to make them as much but <laughs> um yeah instagram or tiktok is great okay well again thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. us tonight i'm going to play us off here with a song from uh, this last week's episode take no sides by relationship by relations not relationships here we go <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. And that's all we have for this episode. If you'd like to support the podcast, please tell a friend. Also, follow us on most social media outlets at ProtestantPod. Thank you for joining us. Now we're going to go hang out with our new friend, Michelle. Maybe do some skipping. On behalf of Michelle, Tanya, Matt, Victor, and myself, thank you for listening and have a great week. 